The SEC is pretty loaded this upcoming season, so we figured we'd sit down with someone who knows a thing or two about one of the best teams in the conference. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Daw, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, we are going to be having a conversation with Luke Robinson, host of the Locked On Bama podcast, talking about SEC basketball as a whole, talking about the Wildcats, about the Tide, and about the future of this league and the individual teams within it that are going to be very, very good this upcoming season. We are also going to be previewing Kentucky's matchup with the Crimson Tide this Saturday in football going to be breaking that down and I apologize in advance for the negativity that I have towards the Kentucky football team right now because there is a lot of it. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. You can go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. That is daily fantasy sports made easy. We're also going to be having a preview episode tomorrow of Kentucky versus Texas A&M Commerce. So if you are not subscribed to the show already, please go ahead and do so. You are not going to want to miss that. Something I did not realize about Texas A&M Commerce is the fact that they have actually had three games this week. They went to uh, Texas A&M to play their season opener. They played they played Texas Tech on Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken, and then they went or they're going to go on the road to play the Wildcats this Friday. So three games in five days. Really impressed with what Texas A&M Commerce is willing to put up with at the beginning of the year because that is rough for anyone. So without further ado, here is our conversation with the host of Locked On Bama, Luke Robinson. I wanted to shift my focus, Luke, to something that I am significantly more excited to talk about today, and that is SEC basketball and college basketball as a whole. It is back. It is in full swing. Uh, thoughts and prayers to Michigan State after they started the year the way that they, they did. But for our two teams here, the Wildcats and the Crimson Tide, um, pretty solid wins in our season opener. And I'll go ahead and tell you, I watched a good bit of that Bama game. Ooh, the the uh, the tide looked really really good coming out the gate. Tell me some about these. This, tell me about these uh, new pieces that y'all got there. Yeah, it was a lot of fun to watch. I I was expecting a fun team, but it, you know, I really didn't know. I mean, Alabama loses Noah Clowney. They lose uh, Brandon Miller. They lose uh, JQ. Uh, they they lose a lot of pieces to the puzzle from last year. But man, Grant Nelson comes in and he just looks like. I mean, he looks like something straight out of Hoosiers, but more athletic. Um, it, he's got the mustache rocking. Then Aaron Estrada looked really nice. Uh, Rylan Griffin, who I really expect to break out this year, didn't even have his best game, but I thought he looked pretty good. There, were, there was just a lot of Jaron Stevenson, the guy who should be a senior in high school right now. Uh, he reclassified, so he's playing right now, and he looked very good. Uh, there's just a lot to be excited about. Sam Walters. Uh, just a lot to be excited about with this Alabama team. The schedule is amazing. I know Kentucky always plays a tough schedule. Alabama has ever since Nate Oates has been there, and this schedule is very daunting. But I, but I love it. I think it's great. You got to go on the road to Creighton. You got to play Ohio State. You got to play Clemson at home. Um, we've got uh, Purdue in Toronto, Arizona in Phoenix. Lots of fun stuff for Alabama coming up, and uh, so so excited about it. 
and uh, the the conference looks great. Now, Vandy lost to Presbyterian. Okay, I, Vandy may not be very good. Uh, Auburn lost to Baylor, but that game was a lot of fun. And if you watch that game and think, hey, Auburn's not very good, you don't know what you're watching. That team's strong. Um, LSU's got a seven-footer who is going to be very dangerous. So uh, Georgia lost to Oregon, but they're getting better. And Georgia's year isn't going to be this year. It's probably going to be next year. They've got a great recruiting class this year. So, man, I'm, I'm super excited for the SEC. I think it's fantastic. Then when you welcome in Texas and Oklahoma next year, things are just going to be That's going to be awesome. awesome. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be awesome next year. I, I know a lot of people that are kind of upset about Oklahoma and Texas coming to the league, and I'm not necessarily fired up about it for football. But as far as basketball goes, absolutely bring them into the league. I think that'll make it a lot more fun. When you look at a team like Alabama compared to the rest of the league, you just ran down the list of some of the other teams that are looking really good coming out the gate. When you look at this league as a whole, arguably one of, if not the deepest in college basketball this season, minus Vanderbilt. Uh, <laughs> when you look at this Crimson Tide team, I know it's been one game and you're going to get a lot more uh, data and a lot more things you can watch here as they go to play teams like Arizona, Purdue, Creighton, Clemson later on in this non-con slate. Do you, where do you see the Crimson Tide falling in this conference as things continue to go on, looking on to the standings and looking on to how they may finish the year? You know, they were picked four or five uh, by most people. I think they're going to finish in the top four of the SEC. I, I mean, I just think this team is very, very talented. I think uh, Nate Oates is, is in a groove right now. Um, it wouldn't shock me if Alabama finished ahead of Kentucky. That may be sacrilege. It just wouldn't shock me because, um, you know, I, I just feel, honestly, you tell me, when's the last time Kentucky won the league? Won the regular season? If I'm not yeah. mistaken, it's been – at least three or four years. I'm going to have right. to go pull this up here because this is something we've talked about a lot here on the show yeah, recently. I mean, I, I know Auburn's won it uh, since then. I know Alabama's won it a couple times since then. Tennessee's won it since then. It may be even longer than that. And I'm, I'm not taking a shot at Kentucky. I think Kentucky's, you know, obviously the blue blood of blue bloods. But for whatever reason, I think um, they just aren't achieving as much in the regular season as an Alabama, an Auburn, a Tennessee lately. And, um, you know, obviously, when it comes to tournament time, you don't ever want to play Kentucky. And I think this is going to be one of those Alabama teams, frankly. It reminds me of, like, the 97-98 Tennessee program in football when they have Peyton Manning. They got everything in place to win a national championship, and they don't get it done. But then the next year, Tennessee comes back and goes undefeated under T. Martin, and they win it all. It wouldn't shock me if this Alabama team doesn't win the SEC, but they finish, you know, way up there. And then they make a deep run in the NCAA tournament. Whereas last year's team won that regular season. They won the tournament, the SEC tournament. And then they only get to the Sweet 16. Um, I say only Sweet 16. Look, Alabama doesn't get there often. So I'm, I'm proud as a peacock about it. But uh, I feel like this team is going to, again, it's a one-game sample size, right? But yeah. I'm pretty doggone fired up. Yeah, they look really good coming out the gate. And I, I agree with you. I think they're probably a top four seed in this conference. I would like to see – how different teams like A&M and Tennessee and Auburn and, and Kentucky, how they shape up. But I was right. It's been it's been four seasons uh, since the Kentucky Wildcats have won either the regular season or the SEC tournament. It's actually 2017. The 2017-18 season was the last time Kentucky won the SEC tournament. 2019 was the last time they won the regular season. Since then, it's been Alabama, Auburn, Alabama flipping back and forth there. Crimson Tide have been on a run here with Nate Oates, and I, I think that they deserve their respect. I think they deserve uh, their solidification in the top 25 rankings uh, pretty consistently. 
Grant Nelson looks a lot better than I thought he would statistically. I think he's going to be a very dominant player for them. There were a lot of people whenever I talked in circles here uh, in just kind of this region of the country about SEC basketball. They had no idea who Aaron Estrada was. And they just said, oh, well, can, uh, Alabama's got a shorter roster this year. They're not going to be that good. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, honestly, what are you talking about? They're Nate Oates system with the way that they've built this roster and the personnel that they have. They're still going to be a pretty doggone good team. And then after getting to see them against Moorhead State, who is no slouch, I don't think, based on what I, based on what I know, uh, Bama's probably going to be a pretty solid team. I'm curious to see how they play against teams like Purdue and Clemson and Arizona. Those are going to be really, really solid tests. Uh, I, I want to ask you here about the Wildcats just to kind of get somebody else's perspective. Right now, Kentucky in a really weird state, I would say. They've got some very talented freshmen. They've got three seven-footers who are all out for various reasons right now. If Kentucky can get those back, I mean, there's no telling what this team's ceiling could be. But just knowing what you know from an outsider's perspective about the Wildcats, tell me what you kind of think about them heading into this year and just overall with Coach Cal at the helm. You know, frankly, I mean, Kentucky is the – the, the cream of the crop in the SEC, the probably the cream of the crop in the country, right? I mean, oh, historically, but you can't help but feel like they're underachieving. I mean, honestly, uh, I know John Calipari takes things like that very, very personally. You know, when Mark Stoops says we're a football school versus a basketball school, whatever. But, you know, he's he's not totally wrong. I would say Mark Stoops has done more relative to his resources than Calipari has done relative to his resources. Now, mm-hmm. Calipari has done a fantastic job of recruiting, a fantastic job of getting guys in the NBA. But, you know, a lot of those guys are one and dones and probably would have been in the – I mean, Anthony Davis could have gone to Furman and been a, a top pick. I mean, it, it doesn't matter. Um, but you, when you have some of the teams that he's had and you go out in the first round or second round or whatever, you can't help but feel like, man, he's just not doing enough. Um, and, again, I'm trying not to bash him because – as an Alabama fan, I would love to have what Kentucky has had over the last 15 years. But I, at the same time, I feel like, um, you know, if I'm a Kentucky fan, I can't help but be a little bit disappointed yeah. that we don't have more rings to show for this. Yeah, I, I completely agree. There's a been a huge frustration over the past two seasons as to, to the, the underperformance uh, of this program. And last year, Uh, With the way that they started, with the struggle early, with them starting out the gate like 10 and 6 or something like that, there was a lot of, okay, what on earth is going on here? What do you have to do to fix this? And this freshman class, I mean, a lot of people were excited about it early this offseason, and then we realized we had about seven or eight scholarship players in July, and um, we, we had to quickly turn things around. And after getting to see them play in Canada, after getting to see the exhibitions, after getting to see the season opener, I think Kentucky is a top four team in this league, potentially but they're going to need to get their players back. They've got three seven-footers, like I mentioned. One of them seven two, and the uh, Croatian, Croatian kid that they brought in, Zvonimir Ivasic, uh, I think he's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, you've got Onyenzo, who is seven feet, who is really bulked up compared to last season at center. And then Aaron Bradshaw, five-star, seven-foot-one power forward that they're going to have that can shoot the three-ball a little bit as well. I mean, this team has a lot of height that they could potentially reach for, but two of them are injured, and one of them is waiting clearance from the NCAA. So... Whether or not we get to see Kentucky at their full strength whenever it matters this season, I think is going to be a question. Next week, we play Kansas and Chicago. Um, all, all I know to say to my listenership is, like, if we lose this game, don't freak out um, because we're probably going to lose the game because we're just shorthanded, and that's just the reality of it. We're young. We're shorthanded. Kansas looks really good. 
Um, but I, I think that play, places like Bama, places like Kentucky, like I mentioned, Tennessee, Auburn, Texas A&M, I think Florida has a chance to be pretty solid this year. Mississippi State, when they get Tolu Smith back, I mean, this is a Mississippi very, State very had a big win last night. Big win against Arizona State. I think they hit like 10 threes. If they can actually like turn things around offensively, they could be legit. Alabama's offense, pretty potent right now, even though some people at the beginning of the year had some questions about where they were heading. I want to continue this conversation, this locked on crossover in just a second. Before I do that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at Jace Medical. Right now, there's a lot of uncertainty in the world, and you do not need to be unprepared and the jace case provides a personalized emergency medication kit that can contain five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections you can also customize the case to add additional life-saving medications best based on your unique needs all it takes to get a jace case is to fill out a simple online form and in some cases jump on a quick call with one of their board-certified physicians. You can get ongoing going care from their physicians on any treatment-related questions. It's doctor-created, doctor-recommended. You do not get need to get caught unprepared. You can choose the medications that best fit you and your family's unique needs. Go to jacemedical.com and enter code LOCKEDON at checkout for a $20 discount on your order. That is promo code LOCKEDON at jasemedical.com. Jace Medical, you do not want to get caught unprepared prepared early on in this season i would have sat here and told you that the kentucky wildcats have a very legitimate shot to take down the crimson tide if their quarterback play was going to be good if this that or the other but now that we've seen kentucky kind of hit a slide i have now resigned myself to a place of uh, skepticism when it comes to this team so i'm going to have you on the show here today kind of crossover talk about this game whether or not you can talk me into maybe Kentucky being more competitive than I think they will be, we'll have to see. But just overall, first thing I want to throw at you here, Luke, talking about Bama. Obviously, I think there's been a lot of national doubt when it comes to what the Crimson Tide were doing earlier this season. Now they've kind of pulled themselves out of that, looking like the Bama of old. Tell me what you have seen out of this Crimson Tide team over the last few weeks. Yeah, I think at the beginning of the season, um, when people are forecasting and, and predicting how the season's going to go, I, I think a lot of people looked at this game, Alabama at Kentucky, coming off the heels of Alabama LSU, which everybody knew was probably going to be at night, which it was. Um, emotional game, probably for the SEC West, which uh, it kind of sort of was. Um, so I'm sorry about that. My, I'm at work and my sometimes my phone just goes off and I can't do anything about it. But um, so I think that there were uh, some concern about this uh, earlier in the season because it seemed like the perfect setup, right? In fact, it seemed like this could even be the CBS game potentially because nobody knew uh, Ole Miss would be what they are and, and, and the Ole Miss-Georgia game would be interesting or the Tennessee-Missouri game would be interesting, all that. But it turns out now that we've worked our way through the season that um, – you know, Kentucky really hadn't put it together. Everybody thought Devin Leary was going to be very special. Um, he just hadn't he hadn't really put it together yet. And meanwhile, Jalen Milrow is growing every single day. His ceiling's getting higher. His floor is remaining the same. That's my tagline for him right now. And um, then the game's at 11 o'clock. We all know 11 o'clock games are terrible for the home team generally. Right. Because they, it seems like the home team is the one that always comes out sleepy for whatever reason. It, it Maybe it's not true. I don't have any stats to back it up. It sure seems that way, though. 
you look at a quarterback with uh, with Alabama and Jalen Milrow, and he's somebody that I think a lot of people had questions about at the beginning of this year. But again, kind of the theme uh, for for Alabama over these past several weeks is them just kind of grouping together, getting better and better as the season progresses. And a guy like Milrow has really come into his own, now has over 1,800 yards passing, 13 passing touchdowns, also has nine rushing touchdowns on the ground. He's been a really solid piece of this Alabama offense has kind of been carrying the load for them at times this season. What have you seen out of Milrow and his development as the QB for Nick Saban? And and what should we expect from him on the road in an early game environment like this? You know, I think the the thing that worked out best for Milrow is he was thrown into the fire a little bit early in in the sense that his first few road starts at Texas A&M at uh, Mississippi state, home against Texas, which was a, a nutty environment too. And I think the the home Texas game is where things really started to turn around for him. He was at a crossroads. Um, he played okay, but not really well enough to win, but it wasn't all his fault. People really laid the, the blame at the feet of Jalen Milrow. That wasn't really fair. Um, he could have played a little better. He could have done some things differently. He had a, bad, a couple of bad interceptions. There's no doubt about it, but he did some good things too. And then he sat out uh, or was forced to sit out that Southern, uh, South Florida game. And I think uh, he could have gone one of two ways. He could have sulked. He could have pouted. He could have said, I'm done with this. He could have left the team. He went another direction, a, a direction a lot of people aren't going to go, a direction that Jalen Hurts, frankly, kind of went, where he stuck around and um, he said, I'm going to make the best of this. And he did. He's made the best of it. And like I said, he's gotten better every week, whereas he's still making some mistakes that you would like to, to get rid of, and Alabama fans aren't used to some of these mistakes because they've been so fortunate to have Bryce Young and Mac Jones and Tua Tungavailoa and Jalen Hurts. They're not used to these mistakes, but his ceiling keeps getting higher. And I think that uh, Jalen Milrow has been, was rather polarizing for a while, but now the fan base seems to be 100% behind him, and that's, that's great news. A quarterback, you know, the love for a quarterback can be very fickle. Um, fans are always fickle about the quarterbacks unless they do something really special like second and 26, like Tua. I mean, Tua could just about do no wrong. Um, But Jalen Milrow has just gotten better every week. He's gotten more confident than this last game against LSU, where I don't know, honestly, if it was by design. I don't know if they were saving his legs. I don't know if he just, in the off week, something clicked with him about, hey, I don't have to stand in the pocket if I don't have to stand in the pocket. And uh, or if I'm forced out of the pocket and, you know, the the great news is that he uh, was forcing himself or was told to be in the pocket and learn to stay and go through progressions. And he had to work through those kinks. And now he's seeing, oh, I can go through my progressions. And if things break down, I can take off. I don't have to hang around and go through my progressions again or whatever. So. Maybe I'm reading too much into it because LSU's defense certainly leaves a lot to be desired. But he impressed me so much against LSU. I'm not saying the guy's going to win the Heisman this year or anything like that. I'm not saying he's even going to be first team all SEC. I'm just saying Jalen Milrow has come leaps and bounds uh, from the very beginning where he would have a marvelous play than a terrible play. Now he's having more consistent, very good plays and the occasional marvelous play. That That's what makes him different right now. And that's something actually that that I've been looking at recently is he honestly may end up in New York. He may not be he may not be at the front runner uh, with the front runners in the Heisman conversation, but there's a very legitimate chance 
if he continues to play like he did last week, I mean, four touchdowns on the ground, over 150 rushing yards, he could be somewhere in that conversation here uh, towards the end of the season. And that was actually going to be my next question as you talk about the rushing attack there. Kentucky, I think that that's a huge matchup in this game is Jalen Milrow being able to escape and make plays. And like you said, you don't know if they're saving his legs. You don't know if it was by design. You don't know what was happening, if it was just circumstantial. But the Wildcats are one of the worst third down defenses in the SEC right now. And I really do have concern with Jalen Milrow being able to not just run, but also throw the ball deep quite a good bit. How Kentucky is able to handle him on that side of the ball whenever they need to go and get stops. And that may be one of the biggest deciding factors for me in this one is how I pick this one as well. Can Kentucky get off the field whenever they need to with Milrow? You look at some of these other pieces on this offense, though, Luke, who are some guys that we as Kentucky fans may have absolutely no clue about that we need to be paying attention to? I want to tell you one that stood out in this last game, and that's Jam Miller. Um, the running back, he really – I don't know that he moved up to second the depth chart, but he was second on the field this past week. Uh, or at least got the second most uh, attention uh, from from our own offensive staff. You know, Jace McClellan's a really good running back. He's very strong, very solid. He's not an all-star, but he's very, very good. Rodale Williams, uh, powerful, runs really hard, not necessarily a breakaway threat, but uh, kind of a, a true Alabama running back. I mean, he's got a little Dennis Riddle in him, If for those who remember that far back. And I doubt you were even born, Lance. So, I mean, maybe I shouldn't have thrown that out there. But um, then there's Jam Miller. And this is a guy everybody's been excited about for a while, and it just hadn't come to fruition. You know, either he's been hurt or th there wasn't a great opportunity to put him in because of lack of experience, and you don't want to put somebody in with lack of experience who, you know, may, the moment may be too big, whatever. But um, this past week he had some really nice plays, and uh, I think he could make – a move and also Kendrick Law. This is somebody <clears throat> that Jimmy and I talked about on Locked On Bama podcast. We love him. We love what they're beginning to do with him. Um, very solid. Uh, I mean that sort of thick, solid kind of receiver. That's speedy. Uh, one probably one of the top five fastest players on the team. And they're trying to get him the ball a little bit more. They're doing some pop passes and uh, they're trying to find ways to get him the ball more. And then there's Isaiah Bond. I mean, look, Isaiah Bond, some more people may know him because he has usually been the recipient of these deep passes that everybody talks about from Jalen Milrow. But he hasn't um, – he hadn't had the – you know, he's not a household SEC name yet. He's going to get there, though. He's beginning to get that Jalen Waddle uh, look about him where – Waddle is a little bit undersized, but he's so fast and he's gritty and gutty. And Isaiah Bond's doing that. He's coming back for the ball a little more. He's running a little bit harder. Um, he's open a lot. He's open deep a lot because he's so fast. So I think those are three guys to keep an eye on for sure. I want to tell you guys about our friends over at Prize Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. And instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you can pick more or less on two to six player stat projections, and you can watch the winnings roll in. It's really simple to play. I can make my picks and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. They've got quick, quick, quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types. It's what makes them the number one daily fantasy sports app. They've also got this reboot policy with your entries. They stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. So for NFL games, top 25 matchups for college football, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is then rebooted. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform 
with injury insurance. You may potentially see something like that here this weekend for the Crimson Tide and the Kentucky Wildcats. May want to keep an eye on that. You can go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to 100 bucks. That is prizepicks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, continuing along here on this crossover edition of Locked On Kentucky and Locked On Bama, Lance Dahl, Luke Robinson hanging out here with you. Uh, Luke, really appreciate you hopping on to talk about this early kickoff between the Wildcats and the Crimson Tide. Obviously, Bama, Kentucky don't get to play that often because of the way that the conference is currently set up. That's going to change here in, in just a year whenever Oklahoma and Texas move to the conference and everything starts shifting around. But you look at a team like the Wildcats, whenever you get a team like this from the SEC East that kind of rotates in, what are some of your initial thoughts as an Alabama fan, as an Alabama person, whenever you see a team like Kentucky on the road come up on the schedule? Is there any concern? Is it uh, just something like, oh, we get to take care of another opponent from the other division? How do you all perceive it? It's a, it's a tricky question for an Alabama fan, right? Because uh, we have a reputation for being rather arrogant. Um, which again, maybe we've earned it over the last 15 years. But um, yeah, when I look at Kentucky on the schedule, I look at it like it's not like going to Athens, Georgia. It's not quite like going to Baton Rouge, Louisiana or anything, mm -hmm. but it's tricky. I, I have a lot more respect for Kentucky than probably the average SEC fan. I respect totally what Mark Stoops is doing. I think he is great. Now, could you know, would Kentucky like for things to be a little better? Certainly. Would they like to have a couple more wins? Would they have liked to have had a trip to that SEC championship game that's eluded them this whole time? Sure they would. But, you know, Kentucky, unfortunately, has been in the division that had Steve Spurrier for a long time. Then they had um, uh, Tennessee on a roll for a while. And now they've got Georgia on a roll, kind of similar to what Alabama was on. So it's, it's very difficult uh, for Kentucky to compete in that. And when you think about Kentucky's high school uh, situation and their recruiting situation, Kentucky's a great state. They've got, they've had some dudes come through that state. I mean, Sean Alexander's from Kentucky, but that's my point. When you have somebody like that at Kentucky, they generally aren't able to keep them as, at home as much. Um, and it's not a state like Alabama, the state of Alabama turns out a lot of talent, especially per capita. These guys end up in the NFL, same thing with Mississippi. So, um, it, it, Kentucky's behind the eight ball a little bit when it comes to football. I recognize that, but I'm going to tell you something. I, <clears throat> I've been to Lexington a few times to the, the a football game. I'm going this time. I love this trip. I think it's beautiful. I, I really like the stadium. It's, it's true SEC stuff to me that I dig, and I respect the heck out of Kentucky. I, I feel like this is a tougher game than people realize. I certainly at the same time feel like Alabama should come out on top. I mean, Alabama's definitely got more talent. Um, but again, it's it's tricky. I mean, I think this is going to be one of those games where it wouldn't shock if the line's about 10 and a half. I, I bet Alabama wins by about 10. So yeah. I think that's about where this thing should be. So what I would tell Kentucky fans, anybody who's upset with Mark Stoops, if anybody is, um, I would say, guys, he's he's a really, really good coach. And I think he even needs even more time. He's been there a long time. I think he needs even more time to build this thing up just a little bit more. And look, and next year. Um, I know it's going to be tough because you got Texas and Oklahoma coming in. So Kentucky's going to get moved down the chain a little bit. I, maybe people don't like hearing that, but Oklahoma and Texas are better programs. 
but they're going to have an opportunity. If I, if, if my memory serves, I think Kentucky uh, welcomes in Auburn next year. I mean, they're going to have a, an opportunity there. That, that's a game they can win. And so if you start winning those games, worry about Alabama and Georgia a little bit later on. Take care of the ones you can take care of, like, like Georgia. I mean, Kentucky's been a great doing a great job of taking care of Florida right now. Yeah. They, they've got the upper hand on Florida. They just need to keep doing that, and good things will come for the Wildcats. I think that that's very well said, and I'm going to be honest with you. If I, if I were approaching this from the Bama, Bama perspective five years ago, I would have been like, oh, this is whatever. This is nothing. This is this is a team from the SEC East that's towards the bottom of the barrel that's that's trying to make something happen with a new with a relatively new coach. And I I would have that lingering doubt of okay, how am I how are we going to perform on the road early in the morning, especially against a quarterback like Leary who has a ceiling uh, to maybe take off and play well, just hasn't necessarily hit that consistently this year, but. Uh, now, this time around, with the way that Stoops has been coaching this team, with the way that they've been performing, they are nowhere near on the level of Alabama when it comes to the talent that they actually have on the roster. But whenever it comes to the way that Stoops is going to coach this one, it's going to be a little bit of a dogfight, I think, for portions of this game. But I think I'm right there with you. As of right now, I've probably got Bama winning right around the spread, if I had to guess 10 to 14 points. But I think that's something that needs to be appreciated from from uh, Kentucky fans outside of this season against Georgia, against some of the bigger opponents. They've started to be more competitive, more physical. And whenever you listen to these different teams talk before they actually have to play the Wildcats, they actually start to talk about how they have respect for the way that they do things, how they are tough out, how they grind things to a halt, how it's a difficult matchup. Now, they consistently end up winning those games regardless, but at least Kentucky is being competitive, and that's something I think that Kentucky fans need to accept. Like you said, talking about this year, talking about the SEC changing, is that Kentucky is never going to be a football powerhouse. Mark Stoops could be here for another 30 years, and they are never going to be a consistent football powerhouse. It's not going to happen. It's not in their DNA. It's not in the state. It's not where Kentucky as a university invests their, their attention. It's in basketball. And I love the conversation that we had a couple of years ago or maybe a year or so ago where Cal and Stoops were talking about whether it's a football or a basketball school. Paul Feinbaum gave his thoughts on it. Everybody gave their thoughts on it. At the end of the day, I think you kind of have to put your money where your mouth is. And Kentucky is investing more in basketball. And they're going to continue to do that. Mark Stoops a few weeks ago saying, hey, if you're upset, throw a little bit uh, of money towards our NIL or whatever. That's not going to happen because Kentucky is going to continue to throw their money in the more successful program. So while Stoops is doing a great job, we need to appreciate it. We need to respect it and we need to be happy about it. We also need to understand that he can only probably take this program to such uh, such heights. Getting opportunities like this game, absolutely, Kentucky could go out there and somehow win this one. But I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it is the definitive. I'm also not going to sit here and tell you that Kentucky's got a better than what? 30% chance, 25% chance to actually go out here and make this happen with the way that this offense has played so far this season. And this is why I've hardly not talked about it at all in my show. It's just been so underwhelming and disappointing. And I, I, I want to ask you here, Luke, you've got pieces like Devin Leary. You had one of potentially the best receiving cores in the SEC coming in. Barry and Brown, Dane Key, two high four stars. One of them is an absolute speedster. Devin Leary, transfer from NC State, was really good and efficient whenever he wasn't hurt. 
and Liam Cohen, their offensive coordinator, coming back from the Rams, and he's what made Will Levis actually look competent. So you expected a lot of different things to start going well for this Kentucky team early in this season, and then you look at their schedule. They struggled against Eastern Kentucky, which is just still baffling to me to this day. Akron was not necessarily uh, an impressive blowout victory. Vanderbilt on the road was a struggle. You beat Florida, great, but then you lose to Georgia, expected. You lose to Missouri, Honestly, that was a bit of a shock, especially to lose that poorly, but Missouri really has come into their own this season. And then you lose at home to Tennessee, which is not necessarily the biggest shock in the world, but to not be able to kind of get your offense going still. What do you think about this Kentucky team's offense with Devin Leary and everything that they've got going on? Can they actually move this Bama defense around a little bit, or is this unit just so stout that Bama may honestly kind kind of control them for the majority of this matchup? Yeah, I suspect Alabama's going to get a lot of sacks. Uh, yep. this this next week. I, one thing that scares me is Ray Davis. I mean, he's he's been pretty phenomenal. And, you know, if you're Kentucky, when, I keep saying – I keep preaching patience, even though he's been there a while. And, um, you know, one thing that's tough, tough on patience right now is the transfer portal. I mean, Kentucky's been getting a lot of transfer portal guys. Uh, they've been working out sort of kind. I mean, Will Levis was a transfer. Devin Leary's a transfer. Ray Davis is a transfer. Um, so it makes it hard because when you can go to the transfer portal, uh, fans don't really understand, well, you've got somebody now. We, we don't have to wait till you develop them. But I, I, I do think it's going to take uh, some time still. You know, I'm looking at the 2024 schedule. I know we're still in 2023, but I'm looking at the 2024 schedule. And, and first of all, about the Missouri game this year, that's the game Kentucky needed to win. Forget Tennessee. Yeah. I mean, Tennessee's a better program overall. Kentucky and Missouri, about the same footing – that's the game you need to win. And that game was at home. They needed to win that game and, and make sure, okay, we're ahead of you. Now we'll worry about Tennessee once we we've asserted our dominance over Missouri. Um, but one thing I would recommend to Kentucky, and again, I, the first uh, move I make as an athletic director, uh, people will probably fire me, but I would say I'm looking at this schedule at Akron next year. First of all, why are you going to Akron? Secondly, Ohio, Murray State, and Louisville. Look, Louisville is playing really well this year, so that's not bad, but that's an in-state rival. That's always going to happen. you got to get somebody else on the schedule to make yourself more relevant. You can't open up with Akron and Ohio. Now, there will be some SEC games mixed in there, I'm sure, uh, but and expect the nation to care. If you're Kentucky and you want to make a move, beg, borrow, steal to get Florida State, to get Michigan, to get UCLA, get anybody on the schedule. Say, hey, we'll we'll work out a basketball thing with you. I mean, all those schools I mentioned have pretty good basketball programs. You could work a tie in there. Um, I don't care if it's Duke. I don't care if it's North Carolina, whatever. What I'll say is that's where you plant those seeds. Yep, yep. I, I completely agree. And you you look at what Kentucky's non-con slate has been for the past decade plus. I, I agree. I think Kentucky, and I've been pretty overly critical on this crossover, but uh, I, I think Kentucky's a little complacent in the way that they do things in their non-con slate with the MAC teams and stuff that they schedule. I also have no idea why we're going to Akron uh, next season, but uh, that's uh, that's weird. That is extremely weird the way that Kentucky has decided to handle that. So, final thoughts here, Luke, uh, with this game, and give me a final score prediction for the for uh, this Saturday. Well, I put myself in a trap, didn't I? I said it's probably going to be a 10-point game. I'm going to actually go against that and say Alabama wins 34-17. Um, okay. I mean, I think that, again, I think it's pretty close until Alabama maybe gets a late touchdown or a late field goal or something like that. Um, Alabama is just the better team right now. I think they're playing with a lot of confidence. Let me tell you something. This Alabama team, you know, if 
it's funny being an Alabama fan is, is a lot of fun because we win a lot and that's, that's fun. But there's something about Alabama fans when it comes to football are pretty analytical. Like we, we criticize our own team a lot. We enjoy the winning, but we don't enjoy it the way some other teams enjoy it. We, we, um, we, we dive into it a little too much sometimes, but you know, this LSU game, it was different. It was joyous. It was fun. Jalen Milrow's got a gazillion dollar smile. He's a very personable guy. This team is really beginning to win the hearts of Alabama fans in a different way than other teams have with their joyless murder ball. This team is starting to uh, have a lot of fun, and I think they're going to have fun in this game. I don't think they're going to show up sleepy at all. I think they're looking forward to playing again, and I think Alabama wins 34-17. I'm going to take Alabama 30-17 to in this one. I think Kentucky's probably just simply outmatched here. Early early morning game, not quite sure what the Wildcats offense is going to look like, especially against a Bama, uh, defense like Bama's. Um, not a lot of excitement. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Kentucky. Really appreciate you guys listening to Luke and I chat about basketball, about football, about things in between in the SEC. If you have any thoughts, you can leave those in the YouTube comments below. Like I said, that's going to do it for today's episode. You can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnUK. You can follow me on Twitter at LanceDaw underscore. And you can follow the show over on Instagram. That is at Kentucky Podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, leave them in the YouTube comments below. Hit me on the socials. I will see you all tomorrow for another episode of Locked on Kentucky. Have a great rest of your day, and God bless. 